Welcome to the Worship Generation Radio Ministry with Pastor Joey Baran, a ministry of Worship Generation Church in Fountain Valley, California. For more information, please visit us at www.worshipgeneration.com. Now let's join Pastor Joey as we study through the Bible. said to Jacob that the scepter would never depart from Judah. You're it. We believe it right now. And we're calling you son of David. Just those son of David. That phrase is saying, well, it's like the new, it's like the good confession. It says in Timothy, like the confession of Jesus before Pilate, the good confession to keep the good confession. If you confess the Lord Jesus before men, he'll confess you before his father. If you deny him before men, he'll deny you before his father. It's a good confession. They're confessing that no matter what anyone else thinks, they believe this Jesus is the son of David, the promised one of the scriptures. Their faith is in his person as Jairus worshiping him. In fact, the words of Jairus are amazing. He, he, said, he said to Jesus, my daughter has just died, but come and lay your hand on her and she will live. <laughs> that is, that's a, I mean, if you're going to work, like he's worshiping Jesus God in a hum, in human form, and he's saying, you can raise my daughter from the dead. That's what he's saying, which we'll get to in a moment for his confidence in the Lord's power. But the person that he actually believes that this isn't just another rabbi rolling around Galilee and, you know, going from synagogue to synagogue. This is one to be worshipped. This is the one who has authority over death. And really, we know Jesus would say after this, to Martha and Mary, I am the resurrection and the life. And, and he, he made those claims that no one else did. So we see this powerful confession in the person of Jesus by Jairus and by the blind men's calling him son of David. Just literally the worship and the confession is the person of Jesus. And we think how when John began his gospel, he said, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And he uses that title for Jesus, the Logos. And then he says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. So John, in introducing Jesus to the world in what's called the universal gospel, see, Matthew's is the Jewish gospel, so he starts out with Jesus Christ, the son of Abraham, the son of David, first verse. But in John's like, John goes universally. He's like, for anyone that's ever lived, every culture, every society, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And all things that were made were made. Nothing was made without being made by the word. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. John and his gospel made it very clear from start to finish that Jesus is God. The second person of God's triune nature. And although that's a mystery, it's a truth of his person and who he is. God is Father, Son, and Spirit. He is triune in nature. And all the universe reflects it. Time, space, and matter, and everything else. Spirit, mind, body, all of it. Everything in the universe declares God's triune nature when it's looked at closely. And John made sure that we would always understand when we read the Gospel of John that Jesus is God. He that has seen the Son has seen the Father. I and my Father are one. John made that very, very clear. Paul, when he wrote to Colossians, he said that all things were made by him and for him and through him and in him all things are held together and consist. 
My wife, when I met her, was a biology major at San Diego State. She took physics class and biology classes. She was going to be a, a veterinarian. And when she came to Christ and she read those passages, well, the first thing she did was read a Kenneth handbook on creation versus Darwinism. She read it like, I mean, the first week she got saved. She's like, she read this, she read it. It's like, no, that's a, yeah. She said these two classes never made sense. They contradicted each other, and that was it. But what she said about this phrase for all things are held together by Christ and in him all things are hold, hold together, she said in college they called it atomic glue. That there is no explanation for it, how everything doesn't blow up. So the atomic bomb is splitting the atom and releasing all the dynamic energy that holds the universe together. So it's, it's splitting the atom. That's, that's what that is. And we should all just blow up. There's no reason to explain why we don't just all blow up like atom bombs right now. And when you're going to college at San Diego State in 1987 and you're in the biology physics class, those smart people that think they're really smart said, it's called atomic glue. That's what they called it. The unexplainable reality that things don't just explode. But of course, it's in 2 Peter where the Holy Spirit says to Peter, they will explode. Everything's going to explode. And there'll be a new heaven, new earth. So there's going to be a day when the atomic glue goes boom, boom. And all things are made new. But until then, this Jesus, who Jairus is worshiping, who the woman with the flow of blood is touching, who the blind men are calling son of David, who the mute man is like, this Jesus is atomic glue. He's holding the entire universe together. Because all things are made by him and for him, and in him all things consist. And the Father loves the Son, has committed all judgment to the Son. This is the person of Jesus Christ. When we're singing these songs with Tobana or Danny Gutierrez on Tuesday and his sister on Saturday, and then Danny Donnelly's coming in, well, we sing these different songs, but the content and the core of every song is Jesus is magnified and glorified. There at the Rom- Romanian memorial last night for Sam's dad with hundreds standing room, only hundreds of people praising Jesus in Romanian, I'm the, I was looking at the Romanian words. I'm like, okay, that means glory. And, you know, because I like languages. So I'm immediately picking up, okay, this is this, this is that, and that's got to be faith. And, and so, and they're just singing, you know, to hear hundreds of people in a foreign language proclaiming Jesus as Lord, his person at a memorial for a patriarch in their community was unbelievable. It, I just kept crying. It didn't matter who was up there. The message, the, the preacher preaching in Romania, I was like, Ooh. then the guy, the guy in English was incredible. I was like, Ooh. you know, and the grandkids singing praise songs. Is I just couldn't stop. Everything made me cry. Not out of sorrow, but out of beauty. Because in him all things are made and held together. By him and for him and of him. And nothing was made that wasn't made by him. And he became flesh and dwelt among us. And this is atomic glue. The one who holds the whole universe together, touching and meeting people in their world, at the, lo- the people who are the outskirts and the outcasts of society, he's meeting them right where they're at. It's the, his person, and they're drawn to him, and they're worshiping him, and they're grabbing onto his coat, and they're, they're calling him son of David, and they're praising God because he is God. This is that Jesus, the person of Jesus Christ, is the foundation of saving faith. It's who he is. Savior is his name. And he's God. If he wasn't God, he can't save us. He has to be God. If he's not God, he's a man. 
And all men die for their own sins. And they can't die for someone else's sins. He's God. Only one greater can pay that price. And he paid it for all of us. That's the person of Jesus Christ. The whole universe revolves around Jesus because it is made by him and for him. So when you think of a trillion galaxies, which is mind-bending, but there are trillions of galaxies. All these trillions of galaxies, the expanding universe under the curse of sin, even as it expands, it all comes to planet Earth and God sent his son on this planet. So whatever else is out there in this universe, known or unknown, know this, the center of the universe is planet Earth because this is where God's son, where God made Adam in his image and sent the second Adam, his son, in the image of man to die for us, to redeem us and restore us back to him. And the sin on this planet affected the whole universe and the salvation on this planet there at Calvary affects the entire universe as well. Isn't that beautiful? This is that Jesus, WG, body of Christ. That's who we believe in. That's who we confess. That's who we're trusting on the highest mountaintop and in the lowest valley and the last breath of time, space, and matter. That's who we're trusting in. Our faith isn't in a philosopher or religious teacher. Our faith is in the person of Jesus Christ, the almighty God who conquered the grave on behalf of all humanity and those who are willing to receive him as their Lord and Savior. I do not fear death. I got to tell you, when I go to memorials for believers, I'm just like, man, it's like, a, it's like a, the rose parade for believers. You know, like, this is awesome. It was like this thing, that thing, these people, this singing, this song, the orchestra, or oh, the orchestra, man, the orchestra was incredible. The orchestra, I told Jennifer, forget all of my favorite worship leaders in my memorial, just get the Romanian orchestra. It was just, I couldn't stop crying. It was, I was just like, the power. They were playing Amazing Grace. It was beautiful. They were skilled. It was a big orchestra, man. It's all true. See, for three hours, his service went on, and everything about it was true because it was all built around the person and the work of Jesus Christ, who he is, the person, and the confidence for everyone in that room. It was awesome. Never forget who we're gathered around when we come here on Tuesdays and Saturdays. Never forget who is the anchor of your faith. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. That's People can come join us on the Jesus glory road or they can mock us or whatever. But man, we're going to glory because our faith is in the person of Jesus It's who he is. Now, the second thing we see is faith in his power. Because we see there that in verse 28, I I love it when Jesus asks questions. And he says here in verse 28, when you come to the house, the blind man came and Jesus said to them, do you believe that I'm able to do this? Now, we have no record how he, with the mute man. He may have said to the mute man, do you believe I can heal you? And he might have gone like this. He might have just healed the mute man. We know when we look at the miracles of Jesus, he just did some, he just did them. And when he healed blind people, he didn't always heal them the same way, right? Like the mud, the spit, I see, I see people like trees. Like there's no set, because he's God. And there's a purpose in everything he does, the way he does it. But I just love how he says to these blind men, do you believe I'm able to do this? And they said, yes, Lord. 
Yes, Lord. They, they believed. Faith in his power. So the faith is in his person. He's God of the universe. But faith in his power. I, I am able to do this. We believe he is able to do this. And, you know, a healthy faith in Jesus is the faith that's eternal. And it, we reference Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego there in Babylon. When King Nebuchadnezzar, they wouldn't bow down and worship the, the, the idolatrous image he made of himself as Jews in the Old Testament. They refused to bow down and worship it. And he said, you know, if you don't worship it, I'm going to cast you in the fire. And who, who, who is the God that can deliver you from the fire? Nebuchadnezzar, arguably, even to this day in human history, certainly one of the five most powerful men that ever lived in human history. The Babylonian Empire is incredible. Like, what they did, what they accomplished, what we know about it. And he was the zenith of the Babylonian Empire. And he said, who is the God that is able to deliver you? And they said, listen, our God is able. Able? Do you believe I'm able to do this? Our God is able to deliver us from this fire. So it's a confident faith. They know that God can deliver them from the fire. They have no doubt about it. Those three guys, those Jews that were set apart for the Lord there in Babylon, they just were 100% convinced that God could deliver them from the fire. But the balance of the health of their faith is they said, but even if he doesn't, just know this, that we will never worship your idols. See, that's a healthy faith. Because we want to have believing faith in the power of God, but we need to realize we're under the sovereignty of God. And we need to understand some of us are destined to live 30 years. Some of us are destined to live 90 years. That's the purposes of God. If you're meant to live 30 years, then you need to be diligent and faithful about the Father's business and redeem the time. If you're going to live 90 years, hey, pay attention to 60 because the next 30 you're setting yourself up for who you're going to be at 90. So make sure you set yourself up right with obedience to the Lord and sanctification to the Lord. See, again, these healings are not about prosperity and wealth that can be redistributed, fought over, or lost in a court case with probate court. These requests for power in this context of these, these stories are for sight, for a life to be saved, and to be able to speak, and for healing from the flow of blood. These are not temporal wealth-building things. These are just to live life. And we say this when you get older, good health is the number one thing you really aspire for when, when you get older. To be pain-free and, and be healthy is just so high. Because we all know if you're in pain and you lose your health, that it just train wrecks the rest of your life. Nothing else matters. When pain is so profound, you can't enjoy anything. All the wealth in the world, all the pleasure. There is no pleasure when the pain supersedes the pleasure. So that's some of these, the context of being able to see, not have the flow of blood, the pain, the discomfort. Who can even know what kind of discomfort this woman had from that? I can't even imagine. And so healthy faith is knowing the person of Christ, having our faith, looking into Jesus to author and finish our faith, and knowing he is able. He can do this. He can heal this person. He can heal this. He can do that. He can do anything he wants. He can put the coin in the mouth of the fish. He can part the Red Sea. He, he can coagulate the Pacific Ocean if he wants us to walk to Hawaii. He can do whatever he wants. He's Lord of everything. In the request being made to him in these passages, we know in his life on earth, Jesus demonstrated his authority over every realm of anything we understand. Defilement, death, the physical laws, when he walked on water, all these things, casting out the demons, the defilement of leprosy, death itself, bringing forth resurrected people from the grave. 
He has the final authority. He can do it. So like Meshach, Sarek, and Abednego, we say, we, our God is able. But we also know, no matter what, when you get to 90, you look like you're 90. You can make 60 look 40, and you can make 70 look 55, maybe. 80, you look 70. 90, you pretty much look 90, no matter what you do. At least that's my perspective. What I've seen in the human experience, I've never seen a 90-year-old that looks like a 70-year-old. I've seen 70 that looks like 50, but I've never seen 90 that looks like 70. And that's okay, because that gray hair is a crown of glory for those who've lived the life of glory and are going to glory. And this is just a, a, a... this terrestrial must put on celestial. This, this earthly is going to put on heavenly. This mortal is going to put on immortality. So that's okay. And though the outward woman or man is perishing, the inward woman or man is being transformed from glory to glory. So you see it in the eyes. So you see the glory in the eyes. You see the glory in the eyes. Because that's the soul. And Jesus said, the eye is the lamp of the soul. And the soul has eternity. And the soul with faith in Jesus is going to glory. So we believe that God can do anything. He can deliver us from the fire. He can work out this financial problem. He can give favor with this judge. He can do the custody the way we want it to go. He can resolve these trust disputes. He can get me the job I want, get me in the college I want. He can do all these things. He can open the barren womb. He can do all that, and he certainly has and will continue to. But in the end, we're all going to step into eternity. One of those interesting verses of the Old Testament where it says of Elijah, the great miracle worker, you know what it says? Elijah got sick, and he died. (laughs) Yeah, he got sick, and he died. We can't win the battle against the laws of the universe from sin. We will all age, and we will all eventually die unless we're there when the Lord calls back his church, and he comes for us in glory. But otherwise, we know that this is where we're going to experience that. But that's where the faith, our faith isn't limited to time, space, and matter. It triumphs the temporal because our faith is eternal and it's going to glory. Our faith is in the person and the work of Jesus Christ. Looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. So we have our faith in the right person and we have our faith in his power and we know he can do it. And as I think about these things, looking even at 2024, and we think about, I think about my personal life and my marriage, my children, my grandchildren, seeing all those grandchildren sing at the memorial yesterday, seeing the adult children sharing and eulogizing their dad. Of course, I'm going to be thinking about my own end. Wouldn't you be? Like, I mean, when you get older and you go to memorials, you think about your memorial. I mean, am I the only one that thinks that? I mean, I'm always like, but I'm always thinking like, I just think like my, I, I know it's like, it's like saying goodbye in the airport to someone who's taking their flight on that plane and your gate's over here. I'm saying goodbye to them, but I know, my, I know that my flight's boarding soon. I think like that. Faith is a daily disposition of believing God for great things. Not the great things that people fight over or get left behind, but believing God for the great things of the kingdom and the power and the glory and the miraculous where he is glorified and he is lifted up and he's drawing all men to himself. It was so humbling to see, to, to be aware that all six of John Coca, I think the Romanian name is the equivalent of John in English, but Sam's dad's, just that all those kids are walking with the Lord. And, and just the, the beauty of it was just amazing. 
I mean, some of us were just trying to get our kids to go to church, right? Right? I mean, you, you can't make people walk with the Lord. You cannot make adult kids walk with the Lord. That's, that's just a fact in human history. And all the great men and women of God know that. So what I saw last night was like, wow. Here's this man that swam across the Danabi River with men shooting at him to escape communism from Romania. One of the people he swam with didn't make it. To give his children freedom of choice and freedom of religion in this country. This guy was a giant of a man. He swam to Yugoslavia, where Tito was the president of another communist country, with a 1 in 20 chance to come to America. And he got that 1 in 20 chance. Two years later, his wife with the kids came here, and he built a life from nothing in Orange County. And to see the fruit of a church this size, completely full, standing room only, it was just realizing how you really want the impact of your life to be. What real faith is, real faith isn't like the wealth that's being left behind tangibly. They, they talked about how he built his own house for $14,000 back in the day. The communists took everything from them. The communists took their cherries from their cherry tree. The communists took the meat from their uh, livestock. The communists made them, give them rides for hundreds of miles against their will. I've heard the stories from Sam. The communists beat physically and punished and put in jail his grandparents who loved the Lord. And here's this man in eternity in his 60s and now in what he left behind. And you see the faith and the fruit of the faith. You don't see a lot of possessions being left behind. You see real fruit. Faith transferred from generation to generation. It'd be great if God delivers us from the fire. It means more time to serve him until we step into eternity and go higher. But know this, if he doesn't deliver us from the fire, we are not bowing down to you. See, that's conviction of character. So we see it's all about the person of Jesus Christ and the power of Jesus Christ. Our God is able, Ephesians 3.20 tells us that our God is able to do above and beyond all that we could think or ask within us, working through us for his glory in the church. So we, it's a disposition, it's a lifestyle, it's a, it's a character that we wake up and we believe God can do this. He can raise the dead, he can heal this person's cancer, he can solve this issue, he can make enemies friends. We believe that and you should, and you should go, you should be, we should be men and women of total positive disposition based upon the promises of God and looking unto Jesus, author oh, to finish our faith. So touch his tassel, let him touch your eyes, open your mouth. And if he doesn't, that's okay. Because he's the master of the universe and Lord of the universe, and he's working all things together for good to those who love him are called according to his purpose. And that's the bigger picture here. He's, he's bigger than our worst fear. We're going to see this with Job. He's greater than our worst trial. He's with us in the lowest valley. He's above the highest mountain. We can trust Jesus from here to eternity, that's for sure. And so we're reminded tonight as we look at 2024 and think about what our life is about and who we are and the challenges we're facing and, and what we're doing. I just think of Sam starting a new year doing a eulogy for his dad. His dad passed away like a week before Christmas. So on December 10th, Sam was shopping for Christmas stuff just like you and me for his kids. And he starts the new year eulogizing his dad in the first week and graveside today putting his dad in the ground for the first week of the new year. See, we just never know what life's going to bring us, do we? 
But we know that God is above all that. And we know that through faith in the person of Jesus and the power of Jesus, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And we want to be faithful and fruitful until it is our time. And our time, I'm not asking for more time than he wants to give me. And I don't want to settle for any less time than what he's determined for me. Our days are in his hands. So we choose wisely. We choose to worship like Jarius. We choose to confess that Jesus is the son of David. And we certainly give limited space and no place for people who blaspheme the Lord Jesus to influence our thoughts, our lives, or our actions like these Pharisees. Or the mockers in the house. Jesus said, just put them out. Just put the mockers out. Just put them out. And those blasphemers, just, just walk right by them. Looking at Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Yes, and Worship Generation Radio Ministry with Pastor Joey Baran. If you would like more information about the ministry of Worship Generation, visit us online at www.worshipgeneration.com where you can listen to the podcast of today's entire message. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and our church YouTube channel. Worship Generation is located at 10350 Ellis Avenue in Fountain Valley, California. Our service times are Saturday evenings at 6 p.m. and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. For more information about Pastor Joey personally, you can follow him on his Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube channel. Thanks for listening, and God bless.